At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk, the number one podcast for anybody interested in knives, whether you're a maker, a collector, or you just have a morbid fascination with knives. Whatever it is, we welcome you to the show. And to those who are on the live as well, so we're actually streaming this live on YouTube. So if you're in the live chat, say hello. Say hello. I'm here, as usual, with Marekko Marmasi. He's back from a little trip, which we'll hear about in just a second. And Fader, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. And I'm Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. How are you guys? How are we? Sh- should we go straight into Morocco? You're weak because you've you- you've had a good time with the sounds of things. I was playing hooky. No, um, <laughs> I I had a I took a much needed um, mental health break, and uh, I, I went out to Hawaii and Ooh. spent a week with Neil, working with Neil, and um, it's funny. I I, I leave work. <laughs> to go do work um but working with him <laughs> but it's different you know i'm out of my shop i'm not making my own stuff um or i actually did bring stuff but i was like I, so i was teaching him um some of my processes with my own work uh so stuff that was already on its way you know had handle material already and all that kind of stuff and so some of it was grinding some of it was glue up layup uh he's lately he's been getting into integrals and uh, what he wanted me to come over and do is kind of help him figure out his integral process because um, because he feels like it's a, a weakness of his. And he yeah. doesn't like having weaknesses in his repertoire of skills. And so, um, but he's killing it. You know, he's doing, <laughs> he's doing good stuff. So we're there for a week. And basically, you know, he's got uh, a nice piece of property. He's up at 1,500 feet elevation on the Big Island, oh. uh, which is really nice. And uh, portions of the property have like, like a, a 120 degree view of the ocean and oh, like wow. off the back patio of his. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you're oh. up high enough, you can see past everything. Like you're looking over the tops, like 
hundred foot tall trees, you know. Wow, um, so you can see the horizon. Yeah, it's beautiful uh, up there. Beautiful. Did you get when... much time to sort of get out and explore as well, or was it all all work? No, it's mostly work, and part of it. <laughs> and he was actually. Uh, Tell, thanking me that I'm not like, oh, let's go chase this waterfall. Let's go to this beach. Let's go to that beach. I've actually been to the Big Island quite a few times myself, and I know it's not the last time I'm going to be there. So I w I don't really put too much pressure, especially if I'm staying with somebody, um, to like take me around and show me around. I've I've kind of been there a bit. There's definitely plenty of stuff I still want to see and do, um, but because I know it's not my last time there, I'm not worried about trying to get it all in. You should All definitely speak to my family before they come over next time. <laughs> that would be handy. What? Yeah. Which is the Big Island? What is the Big Island? The Big Island is the biggest island of the chain of Hawaiian islands. Um, the big it's it's called the Big Island, but it is the whole the island. All of the, the whole state of Hawaii is named after the Big Island, which is named also named Hawaii. Uh, it's so large that all of the other islands could fit inside of it with room to spare. Um, it is a massive island. And I love that island because there's a ton of history there. It's also not as um, heavily commercial as like Oahu or Kauai can be. Um, Oahu is where the capital is. Kauai is like a, a pretty well-known like tourist destination, especially for hiking. Mm. Um, it's a little slower there, which I like. Um, and yeah. Nice. But it was good. It was good to get up there, get get a little bit of a, a, a like I said, like a mental health break, and um, get some work done. Feel like I'm uh, contributing to somebody's journey, and, um, and and also, yeah, it's beautiful over there. It so, what really did you get in return? Did you get any hair room. tips? Any hair tips from Neil in return? No hair tips. Oh. Dude, his kid is so cute, though. And what's <laughs> hilarious is his kid has these, like, little highlights. He's always got jet black hair except for these, like, auburn highlights. And it's just natural. I'm like, yeah. good hair runs cool. in the family, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old lemon juice trick that is in the sun. I, I know the trick. <laughs> I guess. I You're know. obviously not using it, though. Obviously, you look at you. Grecian 2000 oh, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> So how is the food? Awesome. His wife, is, she used to be like kind of a, a semi-YouTuber chef down in Brazil. And so she's a phenomenal cook. And anything she touched turns into gold. And so it was really great to eat all the really good food there. Um, we did, we went out to, we, so we did one trip uh, to a portion of the island called Waipio Valley. Uh, which is the Valley of the Kings. And it's, uh, I can't remember why it's called that. But anyways, it's a super local spot. Um, and afterward we had, and it's actually up up at the like top right corner of the Big Island. Um, and outside of the, the valley, uh, after hiking to a beautiful waterfall, some swim in there, um, we went back and ate at a place called Fish and Hog, which is like this smokehouse barbecue joint. And everything went, there was awesome, super good food. Nice. Um, and, and it was all kind of like their own local take on kind of like Texas barbecue, basically. Very yeah. jealous. Very Good jealous. You. Nice. Yeah. My week wasn't as exciting, unfortunately. Although we did get chickens this week, which is quite exciting for the house here. We got a couple of chickens, which the kids love. Um, yeah, that was, that was our highlight. Um, 
what I've been doing, I've been shipping out a lot of um, folding knives, which is nice. Um, what else? I've been working on, I mentioned in the past, this this hemp material that I have made, had made into um, for handle scales. I've had my first big order for that for a restaurant. So that's quite nice, working with that stuff, because it works works really nicely. It grinds nicely, finishes nicely. So that's really nice. Um, what else have I been up to? There's a big, big secret on the horizon, but that's I'm going to leave it at that. Fucking secrets. <laughs> fucking secrets. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, <clears throat> I mean, it's not knife related, but um, I went to a gig, which was at the time it was it was the UK's biggest outdoor gig back in. It was 25 years ago, and it was an Oasis gig, and this was at Nebworth Park where like Queen played, Led Zeppelin played, and it's this huge, huge outdoor venue. And it was, you know, it was, it was <clears throat> played to a quarter of a million people over a weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me, this huge thing. But anyway, they've, they've made a film about it and they released it in cinemas just for one night. And they played it last night worldwide at the same time everywhere. So that was a weird thing to do. Go and watch a film about something that I did 25 years ago, knowing that there's people all around the world watching at the same time. It, it, it's, I think, yeah, it was really, I think that's the future of cinema, maybe, you know, nobody's going now to watch, you know, normal films, but I think these one-off events in the cinema work really well. Did you remember being at that show? Com did you, oh, like, when you watched it, how did, did you have, like, waves of nostalgia? It, yeah, and the, the film was really good, because it didn't just, they didn't just show the, the gig, they, they showed, like, the stories of the gig, and, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and that, and, you know, you got, yeah, you know, your hair standing on the end, and so it was really, it was really cool the way nice. they did it, so, um. So yeah, so that's what I did last night. And today, I took a nap like an old person does. Look at you. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I've worked out why I'm so tired and why I'm feeling so run down for the last few weeks. It's because the kids have started school. And I haven't woken to an alarm like most of my life. I've been really fortunate that, you know, that's, that's a luxury that I have, I suppose. Um, but now the kids are in school. We need to get up early and get them ready, ready for school. So for the last three or four weeks, I've been waking to an alarm, and it's, I'm not used to it, and it's killing oh. me. It's breaking me. So today, I, I had to go go for a nap, like an old old man. I was just like, look, I need an hour, and I've only been wake, awake about an hour. I ended up having four hours, so I'll struggle tonight. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've turned into a really really old man. <laughs> This reminds me, I've learned something based on uh, yoga videos I used to do and some other fitness things I've been doing lately. Oh, oh Jeff, Jeff, talk about, um, can I, do you have a Peloton? Can I just fucking finish the story, please? <laughs> asking me a question, you'd ask me the question every five minutes. It, when when any time something's difficult or somebody's complaining, the instructor says, just breathe through it. So just be free through it is shut up. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Nobody cares. So I'm <laughs> going to start to try to use, it's almost like the I'm with you of, 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 of health. It's like just breathe, breathe through, it. through it. So I think from now on when, you know, when somebody's complaining or, you know, it's just, you just, just breathe through it. Just, just breathe, breathe, breathe through, through it. it. Yes. So. Yeah. But anyway, I feel invigorated after my old man's nap anyway, that, which, which, is, which is a good thing. Do you get Jeffrey. hungry when you wake up from a nap? Um, well, funny enough, I did eat immediately as I woke up because I knew I was doing the show, but, oh. um, and it was like a massive beef burger. You know, it's not the kind of light thing you have normally when you wake up. It was a huge plate, but, um, in that kitchen of yours, what the, the things in that refrigerator are like, I mean, it's just like, I got some lettuce, maybe a little cheese or milk or some, you got like beef bourguignon in the refrigerator. What's going on in that house? 
we've got kids here, so we need to cook, you know. Yeah. And, and obviously, and if you're also batches, raising... There's something always ready, you know? Uh, you know. And you're probably raising some dinner. The new chickens are going to, you know, they don't cough exactly. up the eggs, it's going to be. You exactly, know, yeah. In the hey, hey, and, hey, hey, and Chicoletta are the chickens, by the way. A la carte. They're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, your week, how was it? It was a very, very fast-paced week, and I had a good time because we're working with our new, this new person who started this week doing um, customer service, and Tony's been working with uh, her, and it's been like we refer to like when you do customer service and things come in, we call it shaking the tree. So we've been shaking the tree was shook shook this week, and then the leaves have been raked in. So it's kind of like been a very fast paced week, which has been a lot of it's been exciting. Mm. A lot of nice big jobs have been coming in, which I'm looking forward to, including one that's kind of like I'm not going to say secret, but I mean it's kind of like a friend of mine who is involved with a restaurant in Las Vegas wants to do some steak knives, but it's kind of like more VIP. IP. And it was interesting because we talked for quite a while and uh, it may or may not work out. I actually texted you, Craig. You didn't re never responded to me. I need a, the best bang for your buck on a fiber laser. I need one that's going to last. And maybe, you know, I got up at some point, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet on that. Hmm. But it was interesting. The really interesting part of it all was, you know, now we've talked about the restaurant industry because we do culinary knives, um, the three of us. So we're dealing with people in the restaurant business in general. And then when you're talking to, and you especially, Craig, you do a lot of steak knives for restaurants, which is amazing because usually, you know, restaurants generally have, you know, maybe they'll have a budget in the beginning of the build for something special like expensive steak knives. But usually it's just like the food costs are so high and, you know, your profit margin so low, a lot of these flea bags especially are, are less likely to spend. But the interesting thing the conversation was about was because this restaurant was in a casino. We have a different idea of what these restaurants in, in Las Vegas and casinos are. You, you, you see like Gordon Ramsay's got a restaurant there. It's not his restaurant. I mean, it's the, it's the casino's restaurant. Yeah. And what they do is, is they license. license out his yeah. name, right? So he'll put his name on and maybe he'll do the menu. Maybe he'll have some, some uh, maybe he'll have some like, you know, ideas about the menu and stuff like that and staffing and how he wants service. But other than that, I mean, Gordon Ramsay ain't come to that restaurant. So yeah. this is the same situation. So the interesting thing was, is, I was told that, you know, what we're going to do, and it's not going to be one batch of knives. It might be, you know, as gifts and stuff like that. Because the interesting thing about these restaurants in Las Vegas is, is they're not about making money at all. Like the restaurants don't need to make it. The, the restaurants are just basically there to feed their big gamblers. So like if you're like a big spender, a big gambler, make you maybe you make arrangements for the restaurant for the casino and then they know you're going to come and then they kind of like concierge you all through and yeah. you know you're making all squared away and then all of a sudden you know you'll get comp this vip table at a restaurant and then they'll throw stuff at you so it's interesting because we're going to be dealing with we're going to design these knives and figure it out i be honest with you tony's just like just don't think too much about it until they sign the deal. It's just like, it's not even worth spending. I mean, this most likely won't happen, but it is interesting topic of conversation because these restaurants have a different mindset in terms of their business. Like yeah. now all of a sudden it's just, you know, it's, they don't give a shit about the the profit margin anymore. They're just there for like, you know, they're the cherry on top. You know? Yeah. Keep people happy. Yeah. 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 I'd so, say when, when it comes to steak knives, I'd say probably less than 20% of the restaurants that contacted me contact me actually then go ahead with an order you know it, it's high. a very low percentage but uh 20 percent is a high percentage 
I don't know. Ten percent is, is a realistic percentage. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but um, but then obviously you know it's one it's that thing of multiple orders. So when they do come right. in, that you know that the, the ship sort of comes home kind of thing. But uh, but yeah, that, that, that sounds exciting. Sounds well, good. it might not be. I mean, it might be just a giant pain in the ass. I mean, it might be just like me making you know one knife for like Bruno Mars or something stupid, and it's just like putting like a little gift basket with like a you know a bottle of Perrier. I mean, it's just yeah. like. It could be fucking nothing. I mean, it, I, I said Bruno Mars. I don't know why I even said Bruno Mars, but it's just like it's this whole thing could be a giant pain in the ass in general. And then um, what's going to be what I'm going to follow that up with is next week on the Full Blast podcast. I have this great food writer coming up, this friend of mine, uh, Julia Sexton, and we're going to talk about the restaurant business a little bit more and you know what's happened, or especially during coronavirus. Coronavirus, you know, all these restaurants die, but but Vegas is like you know, let's mm. pump it out. They, they got no problem whatsoever. Yeah. I'm just looking at the chat and I'm laughing because we obviously have a very high percentage of men who listen, to, you know, of, of our listenership yeah. are, are males. Yeah. And this, you know, there's often like questions in the chat where people ask each other and they, they answer the questions. And it's, you know, it's a good place to hang out, I suppose. Griffith's Handmade Knives. Has anyone here had a vasectomy? Is <laughs> it some, of... some, like some dad forum or something this has mm. turned into? <laughs> what kind of a cock the podcast has this turned into? I guess it's my fault. <laughs> We're here to help. Yeah. I do have the last of my humiliating. Uh, I shouldn't hold my finger up like this. I have the last of my humiliating uh, health story at the at the uh, in the for the after show. Never say it's the last. You don't know what's happening next week. Never say it's the last. Nothing's booked. So nothing's <laughs> nothing's booked. That's the last. Everything else is booked. I'm finally done being booked. I'm bagging the I'm bagging the cardiologist. I'm not just doing that. We're we're all right. Everything else right. is fine. Let me before we move on to questions from the from the filthy public, I want to tell you about my my kiln. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. There we go. Get yourself an even heat. And actually, what you can do is go to their number one distributor, which is Soul Ceramics, and you can get $75 off and free shipping in the US. So if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that'll take you automatically to um, Soul Ceramics and it'll automatically apply those discounts for you so there's no need to worry. Knifetalk.net forward slash heat and everything's down in the description there wherever you may be listening to this podcast. I think the demographics of our listeners are much older than we were hoping for. Quite. <laughs> this is the kind of thing where if you're only listening to the audio on a Monday, um, you're not you're not getting all the fun of the chat that we see from right. the people here live. So we're talking about anybody had the snap and grateful nice. He just replied, oh, yeah. "I just wear Crocs." <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> like because he's not getting anywhere in Crocs. Let's face it. <laughs> everybody in the chat is sterile as fuck. It's fine. Don't worry. There's a bunch of eunuchs in this motherfucker. Fantastic, fantastic. I'm with you guys. Yeah, they've all got. They've all their uh, doers are all quite safe. I think. <laughs> yeah, empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a callback right there. Okay, um, shall we take some questions? Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Morocco, do you want to start with the first one? Yeah, this is part of the show where you ask questions and we do the best to answer them and maybe pick them apart. Uh, we're going to kick it off with CN Knives, who I think also kicked off last week's questions. Somebody says, hey, guys, trying to transition more into the world of hidden tang knives and was curious on how thin a tang can be when it comes to thickness. I accidentally ground a very thin, about 1 16th, 1 16th of an inch thick. 
uh, Tang and was wondering if it's usable after betting the Tang. Thanks. How hmm. do you guys feel about 16th of an inch thick Tangs? So I suppose he's talking about an integral. So he's not talking about the Tang being the same thickness as the spine of the knife. He's not talking about an integral. Not necessarily. He's talking about a hidden Tang knife. So surely that would be the blacksmith for Christ's sakes. Come on, man. Yeah, but I mean, sure, sure that's going to be dictated by the the thickness of the stock that he's using anyway. For as, as in the the spine of the knife, you why would you go any 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 lower? Well, I think it might have been a mistake. Integral. Could have been a mistake too. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, something I see um, Bowie Bowie knife and hunting knife makers, especially like makers like Lin Ray, they they'll cut in little shoulders even though it's not an integral blade they'll cut in little shoulders on the sides as well as the front and the back so that it mates to the surface of a guard or something like that all the way around um and my guess is that he took that maybe it was already like whatever maybe two hundred thousands or hundred and fifty thousands and he just took it too far farther than mm. maybe it sounds like he wanted to but do you think that would be an issue for a culinary knife, probably not, because you should, you know, you're not going to be bashing the shit out of those things. Hopefully, um, but if it's if it's yeah, if it's a buoy or something like that, maybe, maybe, especially if you're batting in it, you know, it could be a problem. What do you think, Jeff? It depends on the thickness of the spine. You know, if the spine was like three sixteenths thick, and then it was down to sixteenth, I mean, the structurally, it's not going to be as, you know, any kind of twisting. You know, that's where the that's where your potential for it to snap that connection between the the tang the thickness of the tang and the um and the where the the ricasse or the blade starts out of the out of the uh out of the guard it just seems as though i mean i've done 16th inch i have i use 16th inch steel for some knives i generally keep them i gen, i do i generally keep them i don't make them thinner than a 16th I don't for especially for a hidden tang because I am afraid that like you know if it's sixteenth well, anyway it's going to be flexible if the whole blade's a sixteenth I've done sixteenth inch chef knives um, those hidden tang kind of Japanese style whatever we call them and then they are flexible at the tip they're usually not flexible at the at that spot but I mean it's gonna that's your that's where it's gonna break if it's gonna break mm, I yeah. think my my concern. Is that exact thing? If if they did clean up the shoulders of maybe a thicker spine and took that tang down, then potentially, depending on you know, depending on how you treat it in there, um, you know, if it has sharp corners in that uh, on the, underneath those shoulders, or if it has kind of like softened or rounded shoulders, will make a difference in in how that knife interacts, especially if if it's at all. I mean. If it's flexed at all and yeah like jeff was saying it doesn't usually it if it flexes anywhere it's out at the tip but i've in my personal experience i found it about a 16th of an inch things start getting whippy and if for whatever reason that knife is turned on its side to say squish some garlic or something like that mm. and the person pounds on it and there's a sharp corner in there there's a potential especially if it's hardened in there uh, and even if you've drawn back the temper, um, that that could be a breaking point where the yeah. handle just breaks right off the blade. And that would be my my big concern. Yeah, that was my next question, really. Would you run a torch along it just to sort of soften it slightly so it's not so brittle? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can, and, and it'll help a little bit. But 
over the life of the knife, I, I don't feel like I could. I don't feel like I would be really confident in the integrity, like the structural integrity of that knife. Cool. And that would just end up being either a knife for myself that I kept in the shop, or gave as a gift. But I w- I wouldn't feel comfortable selling that knife. Yeah. Okay. We've got a question in the chat actually from Walrus Steel, um, and this is related to what Jeff was saying in his news as well. Do you all have tips for handing production runs efficiently? And with resulting cohesive quality results. So tips on uh, production runs and how do you keep that quality good? Um, I'll go first actually with this. Um, if you're doing production runs, massive, massive benefit of having multiple grinders set up. Um, even though you may, you know, it, it's easy to say, well, I'm just going to do this this one part of the grind on all of this whole batch, and then I'll move on to the next, so I don't have to keep changing my setup. There's always going to be something, whether you know, it's like the, the, the inside radius. You need a, you know, you need a wheel for, you need a flat plan. So I'm always going back and back and forth between different grinders. Um, so yeah, if you can stretch that, and the same goes with drill presses. Um, you know, if if you're doing uh, Corby bolts, have your different, have your different bits in different uh, drill presses. Drill presses are super super cheap. Um, but we, yeah, I mean, when it comes to uh, grinders, we can get you a second grinder, super, super cheap anyway. And it'll also work with the accessories that you already have for your current grinder. So if you are doing production runs, yeah, you want to get yourself a second grinder. And Jeff, which grinder would you get for that? For sure, I'd get a Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72. Are you crazy? Horizontal, vertical, all sorts of flexibility. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's the perfect grinder. And then you can go to broadbeckironworks.com, get yourself the upgrade to the Mareco Platin by Mareco's putting in DP. promo code. Pro, 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 they are calling it Mareco's Platin. We're going to be confusing it. Well, all their little nicknames are going to be confuse these <laughs> motherfuckers. So you want to get yourself that Mareco Platin. And then you put in promo code Knife Talk, and they're already discounting the ten percent. We used to do Knife Talk ten; they don't you don't even need that anymore because they're already taking the ten percent in account, and you mm. get the upgrade to the Miracle Platinum for the promo code Knife Talk at BroadbeckIronworks.com. There we go. We there we go. Something with my grinder, I was just noticing. Um, so I've complained about having back issues a lot because you know if I'm standing at the grinder, I'm looking straight down, and it kills my spine. And I had the thought because the the their platins lean forward and back, and <laughs> we all want the DP. No, right. we don't. Just keep going, <laughs> keep going, keep going. See, this is the problem with these goddamn chat. These 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 morons are you know it's all sex talk over there in the comments. It's a lot so of frustrated middle aged men. In I'm telling you, sterile porn, <laughs> sterile perverts. That's all. Promo we get. code DP me. <laughs> goddamn. What the fuck? Come on, we're trying to do some real shit here. And Suz, and Suz Forge, trying to have some. God, sorry, Mareko. Where were we? <laughs> Very serious right now. All right, so yeah. that flattened tilt so far forward that I realized, I or I, I wondered if I could actually tilt that forward and sit in a rolling chair or sit in a, some sort of chair, and because it's tilted forward, just be working, looking forward more more directly forward rather than cranking my head down and mm. then just pushing upwards to do the grinding and so my my grinder is set up on a standard like 36 inch high countertop situation and and it works so oh wow the next step actually after this 
effort is to get it set up and get in there and start playing with that. Um, but if the, and I think it's going to be awkward at first, but I think it's going to really help ease the strain that I feel, especially in my neck and my middle back. Yeah. Um, by not having to crane my head down to look at the platen. And you could be like a trucker. You could have the whole massaging thing, you know, the beads on your chair. You could be, you could have snacks <laughs> next to you. You could be well away. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Wait, wait. Beads. My goodness. Pro production tips. Yeah. So people want to start doing sort of production runs. Uh, so I mentioned, you know, multiple machines set up obviously help. Uh, Jeff, I mean, you do a fair amount of them, these now. What, what tips do you have? I have templates for every stage, like how I drill the holes, um, the how I template the handles. I have like, I'll usually end up when a project's done, I'll have like a little box and it's all the different templates for every different stage. And then that allows me to make sure that if I have to make another one outside of the big batch, I can make one and it's identical. That's yeah. huge. And then the same thing is, yeah. Get yourself a couple. Get yourself a couple of drill presses. Fucking around with that chuck is no fun for anybody, and ain't, ain't worth your time. Get yourself a second drill press. Get yourself a second grinder at least, and then yeah. you know stage everything out. But it's really it's it's always mindset. It's always like the discipline of knowing exactly what you're going to do every day, and then giving yourself some really hard deadlines for the day to reach, sure. the goals to reach, that, and you know that was. That was the only thing I would be able to add is just planning ahead. Yeah. Uh, so one more thing, actually. Coming. I've got another one. So if you, if you are doing a batch, um, make sure you, that you complete at least two or three knives singularly first. Because what you don't want to do is have this sort of order of operations and make a mistake. Then all of a sudden you may have 20, 30 or 100 knives all fucked. So make sure you, you complete a few knives completely singly on their own and sort of document how you've done that. So then you can go back and repeat that process. You'd want to make one mistake a hundred times and bin a hundred knives, you know? You know what's cool is uh, Jimmy DiResta for his ice picks, he has different little stages for every single one. Mm -hmm. And there'll be a little jig for this and jig to hold it down to solder it, the ring on it. And every little stage and it's very much like a production place it's like uh an old place i used to work at where there's these jigs and setups to make it exact yeah and it it thinking about it more like a production shop and instead of just being in your garage and you just got to make a couple makes a huge difference a huge yeah. difference yeah a call back to a previous show um five bananas as anus <laughs> Say, <laughs> says what's Anderson's his name? Forge. <laughs> From now on, he is now known as Anus Forge. And he <laughs> says five bananas, believe it or not. <laughs> There's no way. There's no fucking way. No way. Anus Forge. I don't know if that's his real name. Or, that's outrageous. Or You're going to apologize next episode. He's going to send a DM to me as like a customer service. He's going to complain. How dare you call me? That? I'm going to change my name. I apologize in advance. Anus does Forge. Uh, it is an anagram, I must say. But it's not my fault. It's his fault. Anus Forge and Butthole Blades. They need a collaboration, those two. They need a collab. <laughs> Never going to get on the big time with this talk. And obviously, Fine. they use the DP platen for that, obviously, with those, yeah. God. All day. This, God. All right. So we missed Mareko last week for this, which is becoming my favorite section of the show, which is uh. our Dilemmas. 
So should we, should we get in early with them? Because uh, sure. they're always good fun. They're I have fun. tough scenarios, and I have lots of listener feedback. Okay. Uh, there's definitely one listener feedback I definitely have to get to. But let's start with a little bit of tough scenarios, guys. Okay. This is tough scenarios that you, the listener, and I just want to make a. I just want to make one request for the listeners: stop writing me a novel. It's it's hard enough. You don't need to backfill. You don't. I don't. I don't need character development in your in your scenarios. You just give me like three sentences tops because I I know you care, but it's like I can't read them all. All right. This one comes from Justin Blauert. Blauert. Here's a tough. Here's a tough situation. You have the opportunity to work for someone that is that all your business expenses will be taken care of, and your family will be taken care of of financial. Um, with the fine, you'll be financially taken care of to uh, for the work for this op- this opportunity. You're allowed to make whatever you want, but whatever you make, you're not allowed to sign your work, and the credit for your work will go to your employer. You take the deal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, he's saying, would you work for someone? Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's what working for somebody is. Surely, <laughs> they give you a wage and you provide for your family. Yeah. Um, would you? Here's the tough scenario: Would you go to a place where they pay you <laughs> to make stuff for them, and you can't have any of your information at all, and you just and you have breaks, and you have health insurance, and your retirement plan? Would you do that? <laughs> Revolutionary <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, I'd <laughs> if it's if it pays well, I yeah, I've got no issue with yeah, that. Yeah, that's it's um, your answer for everything. We'll yeah. <laughs> if it pays well, I'd struggle. I'd struggle with it because I haven't worked sort of for the man um <laughs> since I was you know teenager almost. So I'd struggle with it and alarm clocks, wow. not the rest of it. And yeah, so I mean, if, it, if the money's good, I'm 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 up for it. But what if they give you nap time? You know? <laughs> Friday Friday nap time. Yes, like an old time, pensioner's right. home. Oh, oh, look, my kid's school. They'll go for a nap at the same time in the yeah. sleeping room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like anything, if, if the money's right, it's, you know, if we're talking life changing money. Uh, what, what do you think? You yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's, especially, I mean, that's, that's the main part of the struggle is just making sure you're making enough money so everybody's happy, everybody's good and comfortable. Hmm. I think if that's all covered, yeah, yeah. Take the hit. Well, you, you know, you, I mean, that's taking a, getting a job is work for someone. I mean, it's not that yeah. big. It's it, the hard part for me is I always think about these things, and I just think, how would I close this whole business down? It's we such a fucking production, you know. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, I've been in situations where I've had to make stuff for other people. Well, that's what you know. A lot of these metal fabricators do is. They're making stuff like I remember when we were at the Center for Metal Arts, we made these parts for Jeff Koons and they were clearly not made by his guys. They were forged eye rings or something, eye eye bolts. And it was just like, do we say that we made those? You know, it's the same thing with like all these artists who are assistants. Do they have to say, well, I'm I made that, you know, I I need to I need some credit for that. Eh, You're getting paid to not take the credit, you know. Well, I do a lot of restaurant knives where they'll request just the restaurant logo and not my logo on there. Um, yeah. I've got no issue with that if they're if they're paying money. It's, yeah, it's it's, the, you know, it's what they want. It's 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 their order, so I've got no issue with that. It's interesting because, like, especially with our listeners, a lot of these guys, including us, you know, we we come from this place where maybe we already had work for somebody, 
And then we got good at something and then we started on our own thinking we could do it. And then there's, you kind of like pass through this invisible force field of creative ownership. And like mm. all of a sudden reality is like this weird concept. Like, would you do something for money? <laughs> this is, you know, it's like it turn all of a sudden now that we're like, you know, these creative makers, you know, true reality is this weird foreign language. Yeah. It's probably what 70% of the population do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. 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 I mean, this question makes it sound like this question <laughs> is so funny because it's just like so alien. I, I'm thinking of the toughest scenario I can think of. <laughs> and it's just like, would you take a job? I mean, it's yeah. like, would you go work for someone? Like, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, yeah. is it that bad? All right. So the next one comes from uh, Meredith McDaniel. You have either uh, you have to either make an extra knife slash fork forged piece of merchandise, whatever. Basically, have to make something worth five hundred dollars every month and donate that specific money to a charity or a school. You can make batches of these and sell them in clumps, but you have to average five hundred dollars per month a year. Would you do it? I might have should might not have should have read this one. So basically, would you like commit to doing like if you had to do a charity, could you see yourself committing to making something and donating $500 worth of merchandise a month for a yeah. year? Could you do that? I don't think I could do that. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say I don't think I could do it. I'd like to have the luxury of being able to do that because um, that would mean that I've got the, you know, the, the time to be able to do that. Um and I'd like to think that, you know, if, if money was no object, I, I'd love to be able to do that. But no, unfortunately, um, it's just it's like going into a restaurant and saying, hey, can I have this meal for free? It's it, you know, it's there's a reason we do what we do and it's to provide for our families. So as much as I'd love to be able to say yes, and it'd be a very noble thing to do, um, I'm not in a situation where I could do that. Uh, Rekha, what are your thoughts? Um, I've done that. For a I, year? I think since I've. Since I well not every month but in, in a clump, but right, since yeah. I started making knives as early as I could comfortably afford to start kind of giving back, I've done that and I've probably donated close to thirty five thousand dollars worth of materials and or wow. not materials but uh, work and money to nonprofits. Hmm. Wow. Well, what's your what's your problem, Craig? <laughs> now you're making me feel like shit. Brad. I mean, Thank Craig, you, very you are much. you are you are you are pathetic. <laughs> I pathetic. Am pathetic. I well, am. Then I'm pathetic too because I'm just like I can't. I don't know if I I do I do a few donations a year. Um, I'm on every year. I do this donation with this uh, what is it? Hearing loss thing. I'm I'm very in tune with the in tune. I'm very in tune with this hearing loss hearing loss thing, but. Yeah, I mean, if I try, I try to, we try to allocate a little bit of funds, but I'm like, you know, if any charity is like coming at my door with a baseball bat saying, where's your donation? I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can handle yeah. it. Yeah. Your donations do. I'm like, all right, hearing <laughs> yeah. loss. I, th I think that's the thing. It's, it's a very noble thing to do, and I wish I could do it, but scheduling that every month, it probably would be easier to do, actually, than, you know, just randomly every now and again doing it. If you had it as part of your schedule. Maybe, you know, one day a month, you you know, you, you make something that you could maybe donate. That could be a really nice thing. But um, I'm struggling for hours in, you know, shop hours anyway, to right. be honest with you. And then... I just got hit up by a local organization 
that was like, we're doing this local event and we thought maybe you, we thought maybe you'd donate a knife to the winner. And I'm like, who are you? What is this? What are you hitting yeah. me up for? I'll make you think I can, I mean, what do you think this is? This isn't like, you know, some store. Like, yeah, I got to work here. I got a podcast twice a week for Christ's sakes. Who's going to take care of that? Yeah. That's one of the reasons I'm very rarely on Instagram now because the amount of requests I get like that, you know, of, you know, um, I was wondering, you know, with my 10,000 followers, whether you have any units that I could, I could have and I give you a nice review and I get multiple of them every day and I just, I just don't even bother anymore, you know, reading them. It's just people, people, man. You get, you got a lot of those pigs. I have, well, and even local people too. Uh, and, and it's usually like whoever's running the, whoever's in charge of allocating all the different donations, they, they hit you up like a month or not even a month, like a couple weeks, actually most recent ones, been a couple weeks just before their thing. I'm like, no, sorry. Like I'm not in the position to do that right now. That's not how this works. Hmm. Do um, you ever go to these I'll supermarkets and they say, would you like to donate $5 to this? Donate five dollars to that, and every time I go in, I all right, five dollars. You know, add it onto the bill, add it on the bill, and then once in a while they'll say, "Oh, would you like to donate five dollars?" And I'm like, "No, that's okay. I'm all right." And then Do they you not just care look about at me. the little children, Mister Fader. Do you not they, care? These people, these people, they weren't my cashier the last ten times that I <laughs> I said yes, and it's annoying. It's like. It's like, look, I want to donate. I want to. Do I donated the last ten times. Go ask that cashier over there. I'll point over there. Like, look, go ask her. She remembers. I'm like, they're looking at me like, you don't want to. You don't care about people with children with cancer. I'm like, I care about them. The last three times I was here. Now you don't believe me. Uh, so there you go. You don't care that much. That's the problem, Jeff. You oh, don't care gosh. that much. I had a funny thing. We go to the pet store once because we got all these goddamn pets, and we I went to the I went to the pet store, and they always have at the end. Would you like to donate two dollars to the to the kittens that? And I'm like, no, no I don't want to donate. I don't. I don't want to donate to the kittens. No, I don't want to. And they look at me, and then. When I come home, my wife loves pets. She's, did you donate to the kittens? And I'm like, no, I didn't donate to the kittens. Why didn't you donate to the kittens? I'm like, the kittens will be fine. Trust me. The $2 is going to go very, very, not my $2 is going to go very far. Trust me. Yeah. You do want that pussies for life coming up on your credit card statement, do you? You have to explain that one. <laughs> you should have named your band that. You should have named your band pussies that. Pussies for life. <laughs> okay. Oh. Bring him, bring him Kindle, setting, setting us up for a long one. Question slash scenario. The government comes down on knife makers, saying that in order to make knives, you need to enroll in continuing education to make a certain number of hours worth of classes from a fellow bladesmith, or maybe even a master bladesmith, in order to continue selling knives to the public. What bladesmith or master bladesmith would you be would you be taking your first classroom and why? And before you answer this question, this is what this is what the dilemma should have been. If you could take a class from another knife maker, who would it be? Some <laughs> of you guys multiple times. Some of you guys are a little bit too much about the government cracking down on XYZ. You gotta calm down. I'm begging you. You gotta calm down. If I ask for a simple question or tough scenario, I don't need the tough scenario to be by this fictitious government that's going to crack down on knife makers because clearly that's who they're going to be cracking down on. 
just ask the question, you have to take a class from a knife maker. Who's it going to be? Round Robin. Come on, guys. Fast. Morocco. Lin Ray. Fucking good one. Good idea. Neil, because I've heard about his place now. It sounds, it sounds like a great place to have a nap. On <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, too. That's a good idea, too. Lin, Lin, he got me with Lynn. Lynn was the Lynn was the that was the one I would go with. Let's do it together. I'm going to go with Mareko. We're going to go see Lynn Ray. How do you like them apples? There That's you go. Up. And the government is now perfectly happy, everybody. <laughs> the government. This is like, I mean, the government. Stop it with the government. All right. So Montezuma LTD says, here's a tough scenario. A customer brings this. I like this one. A customer brings in a knife that they're adamant that you made. You made this knife. He comes in. You made this knife. And it's similar style to yours, but you clearly didn't make it. And have a do have a good idea who did make it. They want to place a very very large order. The restaurant <laughs> chain. <laughs> do you take the order and make the knives, or do you pass it to the guy who made the original one? I like that question. You made this knife. I didn't make this knife. I know you made this knife, and I have a big order <laughs> that I want you to fill because I know you made this knife. This is a good one. Uh, go up, Maraca. You can go first this time. No, I pass it on. All day, yeah. You're making giving me away money again, and giving away, good, <laughs> giving away money and giving away good, good free karma. Here's the thing: I would, I would tell them that it's not my knife, and I'd insist this isn't my knife. But I'd say, if you want, I could make a very similar knife, and I'll happily take your money. But I'd make it quite clear that that wasn't my knife. Um, you know, and it's up to them then whether they want to go back to the original. But um, I'd give them a compelling case to to, to order with me. That's if right. That made, if that made sense. Look, yeah. I didn't make this knife, but I want to make you more. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make you more. I want to make you more. You don't think I made this knife? You think I made this knife? I didn't. But I'm not going to dissuade you from feeling the way you feel. If you want, I'm telling you I didn't make it. <laughs> I'm telling you I didn't make it, but I will make more. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last one's too long. I can't read it. This <laughs> is too long. I'm sorry. It's Griffith's handmade knives, isn't it? He's in the chat saying, read my long one, read no. my long one. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll read it. Because the guy who did write it is is in the chat. This one comes from Knives by Jordan. Here's a scenario. You get two commissions and they both pay your standard rate. So two commissions, there's two commissions and they're the same price. Except you have to turn one down. Okay? There's two options. They same pay the same, you got to pick one. Knife number 1, you have little to no creative control and the knife is overall uninspired but nothing you're proud of but the customer is a chef that you have an undying respect for. Very few people will see this knife and those that do won't take a second look. Okay. That's knife number one yep. and knife number two. You're given full creative control and the knife turns out to be your masterpiece, but the customer is salt bay. The knife, <laughs> <laughs> the knife increases your name recognition exponentially but you will forever be known as the guy who made the knife for Salt Bay. You will have made the Salt Bay knife. Which do you choose? I believe there's no such thing as bad publicity in, in that situation. And if you're making Salt Bay's knife, 
you're going to be seen by a lot of people, a lot of people. And let's face it, a lot of people are quite happy to pay 300 bucks for a gold encrusted steak. They've got money to burn. So I'll happily make a knife for, for Salt Bay. Now, um, before you're finished, will you solemnly raise your hand and say, once you make that Salt Bay knife, you will also donate some of your money because you're such a cheapskate. <laughs> now you've accepted all the money and refuse to give any donations. You know? Pussy for life. That's what you're giving to. I'm, yeah, I'm not a working charity, unfortunately. <laughs> I've got my own um, my own things to sort out here, my own sort of family to look after. Um, and I'd love to be in the position where I could donate to other charities. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like a dick and say I pay taxes and all the rest of it because, you know, we all do. But, um, I'm yeah, uh, financially, I'm not set enough to... Uh, you know, make make uh, big donations. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You you guys make me feel bad every week for this. <laughs> really bad. Hey, You're questioning my, questioning my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> Morocco, let's let's go to you. Um, are you doing the salt bay knife or are you doing the unknown chef with the non? If it's gonna be my masterpiece, why wouldn't I want to make it? And salt yeah. bay already has one of my knives. Ah, there I'm we go. Taking off. Look at you! <laughs> that was a giant humble brag. And no, right and no fucking publicity came from it. So really, <laughs> what a pig! What a pig he is! <laughs> so sick of that humping the meat he does and the slapping it. It's so disgraceful. It Don't does make me laugh. And squeezing the meat—it's so gross. Yeah. You know what knife he's got? He's got the one that he's got. Though I think it's one of the first one of my knives that you ever saw at JB Prince. He's oh, got yeah, that like knife. JB Prince knife. Yeah, that was a slick, the, that was a slick knife. That was the first one I ever saw yours. Yeah. I saw that before I actually met you. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he went in and went for the straight for the high high ticket item, huh? Yes. To talk to Tim about somebody, that. I guess somebody bought it as a gift for him. Nice. I've seen it in his possession possession, but I've never seen him use it. You think you you think you can see him like slapping it against the <laughs> can you see him doing his like I don't fruity move, grinding up against it. He could be in <laughs> Las Vegas slapping <laughs> strippers' asses with it for all I care. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Dumping bottles of Dom Perignon down his chest. I yeah. don't fucking care. I think we need to do Griffith's handmade knives dilemma because he's mentioned it a number of times. Um, now, Craig, you're setting a... a poor precedence right now. He's I have it here. It's okay. Yeah. I know. Hey, Griffith's handmade. Breathe through it. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it for the after show. He's got to stick around then, hasn't he? You know, let's just read it. We're here. Let's just read okay. it. I, I got okay. it in front of me. I got him in front of me. All right. The three of you finally meet, and it happens to be a blade show. All of you brought a show stopping piece for the best chef's knife. It's a big deal this year as the three celebrity chefs and three well-known knife makers are judging. The winner will get great exposure, taking their business to the next level. Exposure. That's yeah, that word, day. Eh? Exposure is already like setting off trip wires that maybe this isn't a good question, by the way. Um, the, design the design choice is gaudy. The dilemma is, all right, the, the dilemma is one of the knives is ugly as fuck. The design choice is gaudy, over the top, and showy. What's, mo what's more is a minor flaw that's driving you nuts but it can't be fixed before judging. You know the knife makers, knife maker judges will tear this knife apart, yet the celebrity, the celebrity chef's judges will love it. Do you say something with the intention of saving your friend from embarrassment, or do you remain silent because of the risk of sounding hurtful, petty, and jealous? 
You happy with that one, Griffith? Reddit. <laughs> uh, Mareko, you go first. Go on. Oh. Um, you know, I think we have enough of a relationship that we can, if I would hope that if one of you, if one of you noticed something on my work that you would say something to me. Hmm. That's a very still nice sub- thing to say. I would probably still submit it, but I think it's good to have other eyes on your work. So what know. if you see that a fault in one of our knives? Are you bringing that up to us? I would be very diplomatic about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my man. I love okay. diplomacy. Noted. Never show Morocco my knives. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. I'm so um, anti-confrontational. Like, I shy. Yeah. If there's any chance of there being any sort of confrontation, I shy away from it so badly to, to my own disservice a lot of the time. Um, so I don't think I would. I don't think I'd say anything. And it's not because I'd want to drop them in it so you know and embarrass them in front of judges it's just that i wouldn't want to bring up to them whether it's you guys or anybody else um so i'd i'd keep quiet um and just in my little in the back of my head i'll be oh i can see a little fault there i don't think i'd bring it up but i'm not used to sort of mingling to at knife shows where people sort of critique each other's work it's 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 not you know something i've, I've ever done before so i i think i'd have a problem with it to be honest with you <sighs> I would have, I would probably fall back to my, uh, my, my younger days of kind of not thinking of, at first I've seen, maybe that's a flaw. And then the other part of me is like, maybe you don't know what you're talking about. My dad, I might like my, my dad would be like talking to me behind my back saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Don't say anything. You've no idea. Maybe he knows what he's talking. Maybe he know he knows better than you. And I would doubt myself and I wouldn't want to make someone upset. Because I would doubt myself so much that I'd be like, if I say something and I'm wrong, I'm just an asshole. And if I say something and I'm right, it's a slimmer chance. It's a very slim chance. I don't know <laughs> if I could, I don't know if I could do that one. I don't know if I could do I don't know. I wouldn't want to be put up in that situation anyway. I hate yeah. these goddamn competitions. They've yeah. I they find them to be just you can't compare, can't compare these things. Some of them yeah. are just like I hate it. I've yet to make a knife myself where I'm a million percent happy with with my own work anyway. I'll always see something, and maybe others wouldn't even spot it. There's always something, and it may be something you know, completely slight. I've never made a knife where I'm, this is, a, this is perfect, you know? Um, no. So, you know, I'm sure other people think that about their work too. So having to bring that up, I think, could be could be a problem for me i also i i have never made a perfect sculpture i've never made a perfect painting anytime i make anything i've always been like i didn't see that or yeah. i made sculptures that i believed in a hundred percent and then once i stood back and finished and installed it i was just like that fucking part's too small or that fucking part's too big or that didn't work yeah. and it's like i always am just like i'm a you know i have a terrible opinion of I don't have, sometimes I don't have the bigger picture in in that regard. So it would be hard for me to be like, you know, come in there with like a, it would have to be like the Corby bolt hole is showing, you know, it would have to yeah, be something like, obvious. Yeah. yo, that one I'm a hundred percent sure about. You got a bad Corby bolt there or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take this time to talk about one of our sponsors. Combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. 
Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. 15% off your order at CombatAbrasive.com. Go and do it. You know it makes sense. Um, shall we do may another I, question? May I just address something with, with, sure. with our audience? We get a lot of DMs, and sometimes I have to erase them. So when you think that I'm holding on to everybody's DMs, I can't because it doesn't allow me to be on top of all the questions. So Mr. Griffith's handmade, I don't know what you sent before, but it's, I'm sorry. I mean, it's like I have to get rid of these things as fast as I see them and make a decision. I can't like Rolodex everybody's thing. I don't, there's too many of them. So I apologize for not reading the one that you wanted me to read. Editors don't. <laughs> um, let's have a look. I'll take another question here. Um... Butthole Blades. Terrible name. Another question. How close to the final shape do you forge your knives? I've heard people say to leave some for the, some fat for the grinder, but I've always seen folks forging amazing finished-looking pieces that just need a bit of bevel refinement and an edge. Curious what the consensus is. Um, so I'm out of this one, so I don't forge any blades at you, all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How are you, are you whoa. out of this? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay, I may have forged. Remember you know? how every time we talk about blacksmithing, <laughs> you get so offended, and now we're just like you're the you're the center stage on this one. Uh yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't forge, but all my all my blades are, are stock removal. Um. So um, let's go first. Okay, let's go to Morocco. Um. How much fat are you leaving on your blades? Um. After forging. Um, for my blades. So most of my work is Damascus and there is kind of a layer on the outside of decarb that you have to account for and get through uh, down to the clean steel. Now, um, the decarb might be part of the aesthetic like uh, Leon Blanc does these beautiful brute to forge Damascus chef's knives and it's part of the aesthetic. But if you're trying to get through that, you have to account for that. Um, and it's usually like 20 thousandths ish. I don't know. It's, it's more of like a, a uh, an experience thing. You just got to practice. Um, but I found that I can actually forge pretty close to dimension. Um, like I'll take my edge down to about a 16th of an inch and like a full distal taper out to the tip at about 16th of an inch and smooth it all out in between. Um, but you still, it, it, until you get to that point, you really want to, yeah, you just got to practice. Um, I don't know, being conservative, I guess, because, um, because along with that, especially when it comes to Damascus is as you forge closer to dimension, um, you introduce hammer marks and distortion into the blade that maybe is intentional, but also, uh, often can be unintentional, or especially when you're working with a mosaic Damascus with, with a random pattern blade that's desirable. You want that kind of activity and that distortion. But in mosaics, um, the goal is to try to keep it as clean of an image while still forging a blade. Um, it's, it's a little trickier to do with mosaics for sure. Um, and if you, you don't feel confident with that, you know, it's, there's no harm in at least forging the profile. And that gives you plenty to grind through um, after you're done with your forging. Now, when it comes to mono steels, I think you can get away with forging quite a bit closer. Um, because you're not 
doing any kind of etching on the blade. You're not going to kind of see some of that, what would look like decarb, um, be revealed on the surface of the blade. Um, and especially if it's going to have, you know, just a nice satin finish, you can forge pretty damn close. And you see guys like uh, Lynn Ray, like we mentioned earlier, Mike Quesenberry, who's an extraordinary forger. Um, our, our friend Andrew Wozniak is a badass forger too. Um, and they can take it super tight. But it, it, a lot of times they're also working with mono steel, and they can afford to take it that close um, because they're not going to have to etch the blade basically and reveal that, you know, oh, there's some decarb on the surface. Like, honestly, that doesn't really matter. Um, but when you're working with Damascus, Damascus, it's, if it's not part of the aesthetic, it looks unintentional and it looks like a mistake. And especially like you can get big blobs of decarb regions in the Damascus and it looks like shit basically. So if you're doing Damascus, because basically you want to leave a little bit more fat you can kind of trim it down a little bit and forge a little bit closer to dimension that's pretty much what i would have said yeah yeah <laughs> jeff anything to add oh no that's what i would have said too yeah <laughs> i mean i you know i hear i'll give you a, if you get the jason knight uh forging his first forging class at night forge studios he forges the elemental knife and he leaves a lot of material to just grind out. Like he'll, especially in the handle, like the, the blade is very close to dimension, but there's some trimming, you know, and he, he's, he forges out enough in that the back of the handle that you can clean it up on the grinder. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, I mean, Mareko said it the best, you know, so it's better to be conservative. You're not, you're not getting brownie points for especially if you're starting out yeah. forging you, you know you're not getting brownie points if you make it look bad yeah okay cool cool enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Um, while Jeff brings up any more uh, either dilemmas or whatever the next section is going to be, I'm going to talk about um, the Dharma Steel Chef Invitational, which is coming up quick, November the 13th. Um, 
for those who don't know what the chef invitational is they get a bunch of makers who use dharma steel um and they have like a, a booth now this used to be a real show wherever you you know you could physically go and it'd be like a knife show and you'd be able to buy these special knives uh, but now it's all virtual and we, we did a live show last time and it was one of our better shows it was a real good good time so they have uh, a bunch of makers who use dharma steel and i'm just looking to the list here there's michael west kevin cross fingal ferguson gallon garrison mert tanzu there's all these great great makers all using dharma steel and making these great knives um so put that in your diary um the 13th of november um i'm pretty sure we're going to do a special show for it as well um but um also if you want to be using dharma steel yourself um you can get it cheaper if you if you register on um dharmasteel.se which is their website if you register and you use knife talk as a uh, promo code you'll get 10 percent off your order and that can amount to a lot of cash so yeah use the best sort of stainless stainless um stainless stainless <laughs> dharma steel Rasmus. there is i suppose and and you go and get go and get yourself that discount cool and we shall see you all at the show on november the 13th um jeff what we got coming up next any dilemmas any tough situ situations i had actually some listener feedback i wanted to read you guys this is uh sending listener feedback apparently listener feedback is also in the comments so feel free to irritate me it's fine um this one first one comes from john robison robison hey guys uh yo started listening to the show and just want to say you guys rock really awesome having some good knife talk on constantly i'm from the big island of hawaii wow look at that and we only have very few bladesmiths and um only ones here are well known and really busy so it's hard to make contact it's awesome to listen to rad conversations with fellow makers uh, while I work in my shop, thanks for the tips. We're with you, John. Nice. What's that guy? His name's John. John what? John Robson. John mm. Robson. Okay. So the next one is an anonymous feedback. Oh, oh, brace yourself. No, no, no. This was based on this was based on our last conversation, our last episode where we were talking about. Remember the last episode, somebody asked a question about, do you change culture for you know, the marijuana, finding good welders and marijuana rules? And are you worried about, remember that question? Yeah. You yeah. thought it was crazy because yeah. you didn't understand that. So the last episode, it was basically like, we can't find good welders and there's, you know, recreational marijuana. We have a rule against using marijuana and you can get drug tested. And do we relax this to get welders and do we blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hey guys, just listening to the latest episode and the part where Jeff and Craig talk about the companies having issue finding welders because of their drug policies and drug screenings really struck me. What Jeff said about his old boss rushing him to the hospital for a cut seems so alien to me. I work in a metal shop in Italy and I can't tell you how many times I witnessed stuff that would have landed the owners in court in the U.S., Guys getting metal splinters in their eyes from using angle grinders, going to the hospital to get them removed and getting back to work an hour afterwards. Guys showing up high as a kite. Guys smoking weed on an installation site. Uh, and recently, um, a colleague uh, fell from a ladder two stories up and got beaten and bloody and kept working until the end of the day. Oh, wow. Jeez. So, oh, boy. Wow. Yeah, I it think was... A lot of what I was talking about last week, I think, was down to sort of insurances and stuff like that. That, um, you know, because, you know, the sort of litigious culture you got over there. But I think we need a happy medium of the two. There's, there's a couple of things that strike me over here that since being in France that I've seen, and it's just crazy. So like uh, roofers, you know, people working up on a rooftop. 
Um, you quite often see them here, barefoot, no harness, um, just up on the roof. And I'm, I'm talking in the baking heat here, and we're talking black slate, so these things are boiling hot. And they're just throwing tiles back and forth to each other, you know, with a busy street below, and nothing is cordoned off. There's people walking below. And then you'll, you'll go to a restaurant lunchtime, and you'll see all these same people then, like, drinking wine, you know, for a three-hour lunch, drinking wine. Then they go back to do an afternoon shift. They're back up on the roof, no harnesses, no ropes, barefoot, no hard hat, throwing these these tiles across to each other. And, you know, things like that are pretty extreme. So, yeah, I think maybe our health and safety laws, they are very lax here. Maybe they should be slightly tightened, maybe. Well, last week I kind of forgot to mention, I th- it just slipped my mind that it wasn't a suit. You don't really sue, what you don't really sue, but that much what you'll get is if you hurt yourself on a job site working for the company and you hurt yourself you can get workman's comp that means the in whatever the each company pays when they have employees they pay into a workman's comp and Mm -hmm. then they can not the the workers can get the workman's comp and it's kind of from the government kind of from the insurance company and then you know you can just get war you can get paid to not work you know, if you're yeah. not well and basically get hurt on the job. Like a benefit. So, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, right. The, yeah. That happens obviously in the UK and stuff as well. Yeah. Okay. okay. Actually, I have a, I, here's a, I had a, uh, I left my last shop to work for a guy and it was. You worked I, for a guy? Outrageous. I know, crazy, right? Totally. Outrageous. Like, totally crazy. I had a, I was at a shop. I left the shop to work for a guy who was starting this company up. And then I worked for the company for, um, a few months, less than six months, and I was let go because it just it wasn't working. You know, it was yeah. the, this guy was in over his head, and it was really becoming a problem. So I thought to myself, okay, well, I'll just I'll just go on unemployment until I figure something out. But the problem was was because I only worked for this company for three months. It wasn't long enough for me to get his workman's comp. So I would have gotten the workman's comp coming out of my last shop that I quit. So when I found this out, I withdrew it because I didn't want that workman's comp to come from my former boss that I left. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No workman's comp, unemployment, unemployment. So I felt like it would have been shitty to take the unemployment from two jobs ago that I quit. Rather than, you know, it just was a time. It was just the fact that you need like six months at this place before they get the unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Let's keep going. All of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, wait, that's right. I'm doing a bit. Um, (laughs) Dear Banana Talk. This one comes from Dustin Sheffield. Congratulations on the 200th episode. It's been great from the start. My favorite thing to listen to. And now on Friday is my favorite thing to watch. I even like you guys better than a spoonful of zinc on a hot summer day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to celebrate, I'm going to go through all 200. Can't wait for some more great laughs. Cheers. Oh, wow. That's some time commitment there. Uh, this one comes from Calervry. Calervy. Calerive. Sorry, man. Or woman. I'm sorry. Whoever you are, I'm with you. Uh, hey, breathe through it. Here, uh, Hey, guys. The tough scenario bit needs a better name, in my opinion. Every time you guys do it, which is I thoroughly enjoy, I can't help but think that you've, since you've discontinued, do you know what you should do? The bit we used to have is, do you know what you should do? You could rename tough scenarios, do you know what you would do? I think that works. What do you think? That's just my two cents. Love the show. Thanks for 
the entertainment every week. I don't want them to be, I don't want these bits to be confusing. Like if mm-hmm. you have the names, just one little word, all of a sudden it, our listeners get confused quite fine. easily. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tough scenarios are fine. Yeah. Like bold, bold. Uh, Eric Carnival in the um, in the chat on Facebook has just said he got bitten his peen by a hundred and twenty pound Rottweiler while making a delivery, and his boss asked if I could finish my shift. Wow, bitten in the peen. <laughs> I like it. Funnier when you say it, you know that. Really? It's funnier, yeah, it's funny when you say it. Bitten in the peen. Do you think bitten that could be the um, that could be, be new the song. title for the show? Or no, it could be the name of your band. Bitten in the peen. You know, another peen one bites. for your band. <laughs> <laughs> Rottweiler bit my poo. Uh, whatever you guys want to do, you want to keep going with this, or do you want to go with questions? Should we go back to I a few a questions? Question. We haven't done questions really for weeks, have we? Oh. So um, let's let's clear Wait. some out. Let's yeah, I got a question. Uh, I'd like to read. Sure. Okay, this one from Caleb Cree Cutlery. He says, "Hey guys, thanks for the great podcast." podcast i have a question i'm running a broadback 2x72 and i'm looking for a radius platen attachment i've checked bill banky and his platen has holes at six inches and 6.75 inches that's the difference between the holes uh the broadback platen holes are 5.25 inches uh, does anyone make a direct bolt-on attachment for the broadback or should i just make an adapter thanks for the help jeffrey you have one of bill's Platins, I can't. I do. If you got one of them, I do. I haven't put it on my broadback, but I sent this guy. I sent this guy a message, and I what I suggested was to just drill holes that 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 will Mm -hmm. in your platen that will accept it because the the radius platens that Bill makes are the radius platens Bill makes are threaded, so you can just figure out where the holes are, and then you can you know just a couple through holes won't kill you. Uh, and then the Broadback Ironworks grinder also has um, front plates that are replaceable. So you could, you could, in in theory, you could have just when you're not using the radius platen, you could just have a regular through, have a regular uh, plate on. What he ended up telling me was he thanked me, but then he reached out to Bill, and Bill might be making uh, an adjustment so that they'll all work. Okay. Cool. So what I have done, so I have. Uh, a Bill Benke. And what I did, whoa, there we go. Uh, I'm showing it on the camera right now. So w- w- part of what I was doing in Hawaii was teaching Neil some of my my S grinding stuff. And what I did for when I came back, so I left him my my S grinding setup, which was a platen that I'd built myself. Even though I had a Bill Benke, I was using this old platen that I'd built for myself. Um, and the way I designed it is that it just, it has a couple tabs at the top, just tack welded at the top and a couple tabs tack welded uh, on the side of it so i can just slap it right on top of the flat uh platen and then mm. the tension of the belt the pressure of the belt running across it and everything will hold it on there so when i got back i set up the the banky to do the exact same thing Whoop, there you go so it's got tabs on the back tabs on the side and it literally just slaps right the flat platen and when i'm done it does get hot because it's ex- excess fresh sx s XX. Oh my God. I can't fucking talk. XX. XX. Friction. <laughs> Jesus. That's next name. That's next name. You're uh, friction because the platen is sticking out. Um, so it gets a lot more friction. It gets really fucking hot. So, hmm. um, but by just having it set up this way, I can slap it on and then take it right back off when I'm done without nice. messing with bolts and, and wrenches or any of that stuff. 
that was really bad brain fart right there. That's okay. I have a question for you. Do you ever have you ever worked with the chiller plate? I've not. I've never used any kind of water cooled plates. I don't think they're a bad mm. idea. I just they can get really expensive, and the setup is a little more elaborate than I'm ready for right now. Is it basically mm. so cold water is running through that plate and then it's not making friction, so you don't have to quench your you don't have to dip your blade so often after it's heat treated and you're grinding. Yeah, it keeps it keeps the platen cold because it'll have like an in and an out for water. And it'll just have lots of channels. So the water is just constantly moving through and rotating through and keeping cool. Um, I've never used one, but yeah, it sounds like a really cool idea. But I don't know, it just seems to be maybe it's one more thing that could, you know, potentially go wrong. You know, grinders are pretty simple in its operation. And to have all these things, maybe it's just, you know, just overcooking the egg a bit, you know, literally. Yeah, I've from what I've understood them, they're mostly for keeping the platen cold or cool. Yeah. So it's not deteriorating the belt but they still create the belt is what's creating the friction um in the steel and heating up the blade so the platen being cold doesn't necessarily transfer coolness to the to the, the blade because it's still creating a lot of friction when you're grinding hmm. huh. adam from build sharps listening i know you use a chiller plate and you're gonna send me a message so send me a message and i'll read it i'll figure out we'll we'll be able to answer yeah, adam, the question yeah, Adam, send him a message real quick. I'd be curious what Adam's take is on the chiller plate. He's a smart dude. He's a really, really smart dude, and he makes beautiful knives. If you're not following Bill Sharp, shame on you. Shame on you. I've, I've been got, really admiring his folders lately. Dude, his folders mm. are nuts. His yeah, folders very are nuts. nice. Okay, I've got a question here from Evan and Catherine Johnson. Um, is there a good resource for what defines a knife style? For example, what makes a Gyoto different from a Santoku? Um, this is something that I, I, I can't get my head around either because a lot of these knives look very, very similar to me, but they have these, these names, particularly in sort of Japanese culture as well. Um, I don't quite understand them all because uh, it's not the kind of knife that I make. But um, yeah, I mean, where do you go to learn these things? Is there, is there a, any sort of reference online? What do you think, Mareko? Well, there's that Tim Haywood book, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. A while back. Ah, that came knife. Out. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful book. Um, but generally speaking, like uh, uh, a Gudo, a Santoku, uh, a Sujihiki, a Petty, they all have, generally speaking, the same profile, but the different names refer to a different length range basically so a santoku is somewhere between five inches and seven inches nagudo is basically from seven inches to nine inches a sujihiki is from nine inches to 11 inches and so they're basically the same profile and yeah this the slicer ends up being a little bit narrow and so is the petty knife but the profile is basically the same at least the cutting mm. edge profile is basically the same the distance from the spine changes based on the kind of usage um but it also is a reflection of the type of material that they're cutting through. Um, so the veggie, a Santoku and a chef's knife, or the, and the Gudo are chef's knives, basically. And so they're cutting tall materials sometimes, yeah. um, like fruits and vegetables and boneless protein and stuff like that. Um, and obviously the other knives are capable of that, but for a slicer, you typically want it to be a thinner blade because it's going through a lot of meat. Um, and then 
petty's just it's just a smaller blade it'd be weird to have a four inch long two and two inch tall blade for Mm -hmm. you know that style of cutting yeah 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 okay okay um let's have a look what other questions do we have i Uh, tend to not use i tend to the only thing is is i tend to not like i try not to pretend like i really know a lot of these things Mm. the closest i go is i go with a k-tip which is you know a very kind of like i don't know i i i probably have like some sort of i've somehow probably you know culturally appropriated or something like that but i really try to tend to stay away from i try to stay away from using words that i don't know yeah yeah makes sense makes sense you know i mean i'm just like why why, why not just keep it easy you know call it the admiral Uh, call it yeah give it a good name i did that i have the admiral i try to name these i know that's what i'm saying (laughs) yeah Yeah. give them your own names i get once in a while i'll get a message from someone and it'll be like i have this suga higi and then it's kind of like a left-handed uh, Hiawacha or something. It'll be like all these Hayayaba and all this fucking shit. And I'm just like, and I know it's kind of very similar to my, you know, uh, Yabba Dabba do. And it's, it's, it's all very like, and I'm just like, we just talk normal. I, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know about your Hayayaba and I don't know any about this stuff. Hmm. Okay. Next question. Um, Kevin Miser. Um, what folders do you guys carry or own? So do you carry a folder, Morocco? Do you carry a knife with you? I do. It's right here. You do. This is a Dang. knife built by Lorian Arnold. It was the Bingalore design. And this is manufactured by Boker. It's just mm-hmm. a nice little flipper. Um, it's my everyday carry. Um, it's a great design. And... Um, yeah, he collaborated. Lorian collaborated with uh, Bruce Bingenheimer um, to make the first one. Bruce, unfortunately, is no longer with us, um, but it's a great design. I love the knife, and I love carrying it on on me. Nice, Jeff. Yourself? I'm waiting to for my H knife. You're waiting for the. I'll wait for somebody to say that. I mean, I'm waiting <laughs> for the H knife, but it's like I can't cut anything anymore because like, I have nothing <laughs> in my pocket. You know, so. <laughs> I they're carry, on route. They are on route. Just, I mean, um, I don't mean to. I don't mean to whoever makes them. I don't know. I don't them. know. I don't know. Just, you know, I'm in this situation where <laughs> I was told I was going to get one. And I'm just sitting here like I can't cut shit. I got. They're on you know, route. I mean, what the fuck the, am I going to do here? I mean, you the, come up and you pick this question. P.S. You knew I was going to say. Oh, something. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. The first twenty, by the way, they've they've sold. So the ones with the serial number have sold. So if if you order one now, they have no serial. Um, so but, do we? So which ones do we get? Um, you don't have cereals. Oh. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Okay. Um, but um yeah, I, like that's KTP why I made the H. Uh, sorry, what was that? So we don't get KTP on it or anything? The it KTP may have something special. on it. That'll be a surprise when you see it. <laughs> they will be different to the production ones because they do have a, a little something on them for you guys. Eight bananas. Um, I hope it has eight <laughs> <a> banana. bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would be cool. Eight bananas. Uh, eight bananas. Um, that, that was the reason that I, I made the H, simply because most folders, I find they're quite aggressive looking. And um, if you pull one of those out, people are going to sort of question you. What the hell is that? Um, but the, yeah, the H is very much a sort of you know a take on a gentleman's knife, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I don't carry one daily with me. And in fact, sure. 
I was going to say, I'm not wearing any pants at the moment because I've just got out of bed. So <laughs> get the stand <laughs> so up right now. I'm get, like a stand reader. up right now. Stand <laughs> up right now. I want to show. I want to know. You're the man. It's nice to meet baby maker. You are the man. (laughs) He came down in his underpants. He's this is outstanding. This is radio right now. God bless you, Craig Lockwood. You can just barefoot pants. Yeah, barefoot, no pants. Outstanding. (laughs) Outrageous. Um. I want to talk about um, <laughs> Texas Farrier Supply because they, because yeah, I want to change the subject really quickly. Yeah. Um, did you see what Anus Sports just wrote? What did he write? Demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Show my pale, pasty legs. Jesus um, Christ. Texas Fire Supply. Um, if you're a maker, which most of the people who are, are listening to this or maybe that you're watching live, um, if you're a maker, you're going to be need to buy your stuff from somewhere. And where better to buy it from Texas Fire Supply? They've got a whole section there um, for the knife maker. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off. And do you know what they sell? They also sell Indasa Rhino Wet, which is the best sandpaper out there. Um, so yeah, if you're doing any sort of hand sanding, anything like that, you're going to need Indasa. So go to Texas Fire Supply to get it. TexasFireSupply.com and take a look at all the stuff they have for knife makers and make sure you use Knife Talk 10. Well, this is a show for the ladies, this one, obviously. If I'm no, seriously, OnlyFans. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, Shall we call it a day, do you think? Pay a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shall we call this it is the reason why people should watch this live. I was about to say we should fucking stop this live thing, but then you, you know, then you show the goods, and then it's just like, hey, why wouldn't you <laughs> come watch this on YouTube live on Fridays? I'll show a bit more each week. It's what we'll oh, see the please. maybe oh, go down good. rather than up. But yeah. jeez, you know, we got a listener. Listeners, they've all been va- uh, they've all had vasectomies, and you're like showing them the goods, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like this is what you could have. Had. I mean, this is. I mean, you want to talk about depraved? This is like this is like butting your head against the wall. Oh, you know? handmade. The Rottweiler must have bitten it off. <laughs> C.S. Rocky Designs yeah. in the chat has just said he's just ordered from um, from Texas Fire Supply. Um, so thanks for the recommendation and thanks for the discount. Well, we're here to please. please. Oh, clearly. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can't get much better than that. I mean, Jesus. Craig shows his balls, that ends the podcast. That's right. That's how you do it. That's We're the right way that. to go. We're done with that. But I think that is a show. I think that was a solid show. Um, shall we call it a day? Sure. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Yeah, we don't need to do all that again. Okay. Cool. That went okay. That went okay. Connection I'm, held up. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing that. I was. I did not expect you to do that. Ballsy. I didn't even have to do that. It was ballsy is the right word. I didn't. I didn't expect it. No. No. Um, yeah, that was good. So we didn't do health talk this week. Um, oh, well, the last. The you want to hear the the last of my humiliations? Go on. Then. Is is probably the most humiliating, which is like shocking, because I feel badly about it. I had a, uh, I went to get a, I have gone to this dentist for like 16 years and she's great. And, and I really, you know, my wife and kid go there. She's a really 
created quite a good relationship and it's you know they're very good to us oh so just, just to... as a side point before you go any further go ahead i'm enjoying your your sundays lately on instagram where you're with your kid and you answer questions they're always good fun she did that she went we did that once and she was having because she doesn't do social media she does it mm. with her friends but like and i said why don't you just help me do answer some of these i was driving or something they answer this question for me yeah. and then she just started fooling around and then i was just yeah. like why don't we do this more often and she had a good time and actually somebody wanted me to have her on the full blast podcast and i asked her and she was honored she wants to come on the so for her birthday i think we're going to have her on the podcast that would be and cool. it's going to be me and the kid and we're going to talk it's going to be i actually i'm more nervous about that i've had calls I've had some good opportunities come in. Like I talked to Jay Jason Knight called me out of the blue. We started talking earlier this week and he's going to come on. I've had really like, I had Jimmy DeRest on and I have all, you know, Alec might come back on at some point, but I'm more nervous about talking to my kid because mm. it's just like, how do you, I do this? Are you going to make a cry? <laughs> That's always the goal. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems that, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know where that came from. I guess I get people real comfortable. I'm, no, I told her, I said, you're, you're not, allowed to cry she, she so no so we're gonna have her on at some point she liked doing it but it was also got like you know it was fine we had a good yeah, time we'll fun. do it's it fun every to so see. it's fun to see you having fun yeah it's cool so um so i was the dentist and i went for cleaning and then they did the x-ray and they said we and then i have this new, new hygienist and she the dentist comes in and the hygienist the hygienist says you tell him because i don't i didn't tell him will you tell him and the dentist says you didn't tell him and I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And they says, you have a cavity. I'm like, all right, well, that's not the biggest deal in the world. And they're like, it's the very, very back. Like I had my wisdom teeth removed and it's behind there, behind there. So I'm like, oh, fuck. And, and, I, and I said, is it going to be a big deal? She's like, well, it's going to be uncomfortable because you to get back there, it's kind of a production. So she scheduled me to come in on Monday. So I went on on a Monday and... You know, they sent me a message saying, you think you come earlier? I'm like, yeah, I'll come as early as you want. So I got in there. I sat down. We were having a nice conversation. And they're very like, they know how to handle me because they laugh a lot. So if I make even the, you know, meagerest of jokes, they're going to laugh. And that's like really bad for a narcissist like me because if all of a sudden I know <laughs> that you're going to fucking laugh, I'm going to give you my like A game. I'm going to give you my at least my B shit. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to keep the ball rolling. So we're laughing and it's way back there. So at one point, the assistant's got to like use a mirror and like pry open my mouth. And then at one point, they're like, can you open your mouth wider, open your mouth wider. And then they're like, do you want a dental stop? It's like a dental, it's like a, it's almost like a car jack basically. Mm, and it basically yeah. you put it in your back oh. and it just opens your jaw up. And then you're not like, you're not physically doing it. It's holding your mouth open. Yeah. So she's in there with the fucking Dremel bit. And then the other woman's. So my mouth is wide open and then cranked open this way. I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. It's And it smells like burning teeth. And it's just wow. it's awful. Terrible. Terrible. And then the suction thing isn't going where it's supposed to go. So there's like, you know, these drills for your teeth have like water activated. So there's water and tooth dust going everywhere Ugh. and they're not taking all the water out. And I'm starting to drown. I'm starting to. <laughs> and then she says, what stop doing that? You're making me uncomfortable. I'm like, and I pull it out. I'm like, you got to fucking get the sump pump down in there and you got to get it. You're drowning me. Next thing you know, you're going to pinch my nose. And she goes, if you don't stop, I'm going to pinch your nose. You know, 
there's water in there and pinch your nose, you're done. So I started doing it again. And she's fucking pinched my nose. And I'm like, we got to figure this all out. <laughs> you know, it was getting too funny and jokey and too, too you know, whatever. So it was two hours because it was so far to, hard to get back oh, there. It was too long. It was too long. And they gave me a tons of shots. And I was just like, God, I'm never going to get the fuck out of here. And it was miserable. And it was just awful. And then when we we're done, they get the thing out and they get the thing. And then the, the hygienist is like getting real comfortable with like, you know, crowbarring half my mouth open. And it was just like really, really, it was a fucking terrible. Mm. And I, next time, you know, I said afterwards, and next time knock me out. So we're, I'm talking to the dentist. They get everything out. They're putting, the, they're putting the x-ray back in my mouth. And I don't know what happened. The assistant was like too comfortable putting things in my mouth or I don't know what. There wasn't any like just... So I'm talking to Dennis. She put something in my mouth and I bit her. <laughs> and the assistant says, oh, you bit me. That's the last thing you want to hear a person say <laughs> when you're an adult. Is. Oh, you bit me. Yeah. She says, oh, and I now all of a sudden there is, I am mortified. Mm. I am mortified that another person alerted me that I had bitten them. <laughs> I was mortified. And At least you had your pants on this time, not like last time. I mean, I wasn't more. I was. I wasn't mortified. I mean, they <laughs> should be mortified. Like I was mortified, boy. but I wasn't. You know, I wasn't accused of something. You know, I wasn't accused of something. Hmm. So the so the nurse. Oh, she backs off, and then I said, "I'm so sorry." And then and then I said to the I said to the dentist, "I'm so terribly sorry." And she says, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay." And then the nurse and I said to the assistant, "I said, I'm so sorry about that. I was I'm, I'm mortified." And she goes, "You bit really hard," and I was like. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I was, she was like, it's okay. And then the dentist is laughing. She thinks it's funny. And I turn to the dentist. I'm like, I feel badly about this. I mean, it wasn't just like I just clamped down on her. It was just, she was putting shit in my mouth and I was talking. So a tooth, my tooth, just like my teeth hit her. Didn't mm. come down. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, it was like, I was like talking and she put her fucking hand in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't paying attention, obviously, and bitter. So I left the place and I was like, I, I am a fucking garbage human being i just bit another person and i'm just like i am a grown man and i have no control and i i bit this poor dentist and her i bit her assistant what am i some sort of maniac and i send my message to my wife and my wife says they're too funzy over there it's her fault mm. i'm like what do you mean she's like they're too they're too they're my wife is like a fucking assassin like she she, she says you should have you sh that is not your fault they, they, they're too friendly over there. There are too many jokes in that place. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel terrible. So I wrote, I wrote a letter. I wrote an email oh, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the receptionist, thanking them for being, you know, I've gone there for 16 years. All of a sudden I'm the one, I'm the funny one that bites. I don't want that. It's, you know, it's in the notes now. Well, yeah, it's in the notes. Oh, oh the, the biter. Oh, yeah, nice, yeah. 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 No, Hannibal Lecter's coming in today. You know, it's yes, just like, yeah. you know, you don't want that. <laughs> So I just yeah. wrote this elaborate message saying how much I appreciated them and I pre you know my family appreciates them and then I said could you please tell the the assistant how how mortified I am that I bit her and and I'm waiting and they didn't write back they didn't write back <laughs> so in my mind I'm thinking maybe they're, they're going to fire really me. offended yeah maybe they were just like this is like a real issue you know maybe who knows I don't know idea so finally after hours I got a message saying oh don't worry about it it's okay but I was like, every I was tore up because I was yeah. like, 
I fucking bit the dentist's assistant. That's I'm 47. I'm a civilized man. Yeah, you'll have to tell them that you're up to date with all your rabies shots, so they're exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what the, you know what the funny thing is, I am up to date with my rabies shots because yeah. I had them, <laughs> I had them all a number of years ago. I am fucking clear. It could have been but worse. Was... You could have bit your proctologist. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. That was, but it was, it was, uh, it was just like, <laughs> I, I, so, so, my, so, and then, uh, and then it was. I said to my wife, I was just like, I feel like I feel like I've just I don't feel like less than I feel subhuman mm. when you bite another person, yeah. even though and she was just like, you know, it's not your fault. It was nothing to do with you. They're too funny over there. It's they've too fun. They've got to be used to it. Surely. Surely. I don't think so, man. Right. I mean, she was shocked. So there you go. The last of my uh, the last of my. Uh, I know, so Mareko, you don't like to. I was torn. I mean, if somebody if an adult says to you. Oh, you bit me in this surprised way. It sounds fucked up. It really fucking sounds fucked up, and it doesn't feel like yeah, I fucking bit your ass. I mean, it's like but you didn't. I you did didn't bite her like you're fucking Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. It didn't. It was no, an of course. Talking and she was putting stuff in. Of course, yeah, but it didn't really dawn. It, of course, of course. I, after the fact, and my wife talking me down. I mean, it was just like this Larry David moment where, like, all of a sudden now I'm like, you know, uncontrolled. I'm uncontrolled. Mm. I'm a bad patient. Don't in the, in the notes it says he bites. Yeah, the wild man of the dentist. <laughs> right. right. So, so what what are we up to this week? What any big plans? Anybody? My kid's going to concert. She's going to go see Governor's oh. Ball. So. Hill and I are going to have some fun this weekend. We're going to go do some oh parenting, some dating things. So that'll be good. And then, uh, wow. well, she going to see Governor's Ball. What is it? Is there's a uh, at uh, City Field. Uh, there is a giant concert with Billie Eilish and oh, wow. a pile of other people. And then she's going to go. She's going to go down and she's going to. She's got tickets for two nights, so she's going to go today. And then we're going to pick nice. her up tonight. And then she's going to go tomorrow and stay with my cousin. So it'll be fun. Nice. I love that um that Billie Eilish song, "The Happier Than Ever." Off the, off the newest she's album. She's so goddamn like talented. A, it's amazing. She's so talented. Yeah. She's yeah. such a talented kid. Yeah, it's on constant repeat. Well, her here. brother does all the beats and music, right? Yeah, Phineas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very, yeah. very they're talented. talented. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy, and they're and they're homeschooled. Hmm. They're homeschooled. I mean, yeah. there is something very interesting about this homeschooling thing. Because when I was younger and their people were homeschooled, you just kind of like give them the cross eye, like they're mm. like something's up with them. But like you see these extraordinarily talented people who are homeschooled. Yeah. And they're I th- well adjusted. I know? think pre sort of internet to be homeschooled would have been really difficult, um, both socially and, you know, as from a parent trying to trying to teach them as well would be difficult. But now, you know, like everything else, with all these tools at our finger fingertips. It's something that we've really considered here as well with ours, but um, we need a break. <laughs> yeah. It's not just schooling. It's actually sort of daycare for us to, to have a break and get work done. So, yeah. And you want the, your kids, like, clear for general population. You know, you want them to be able to learn how to – I mean, school is school, but, I mean, really it's how to deal with people and – yeah, there's other, there's, yeah, the, the soft skills, not just the sort of intelligence as well. Right. Yes, sure. without doubt. Yeah. 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 What do you have to do this where week? We live. Oh. Oh, sorry. You were saying. I was just going to add to the homeschooling thing. Where we live, we have a, uh, like a regional education center because 
you know, some of the homes once the homeschoolers get up in the high school age and stuff, and like they're trying to learn trigonometry and physics and chemistry and stuff like that, and it's it's mm. more difficult for uh, parents to try to teach. So this regional education center actually has teachers come in, I think from the district, from various schools or whatever, um, and teach some of those classes. And, and they get some kind of in-person interaction with other kids who are also homeschooling. And, mm. you know, kids who are homeschooled in the area also are, they're still allowed to, they're still kind of, kind of considered part of the district. And so they can sign up and do sports. They can do yeah. part of clubs and stuff like that. They're just, they're getting the bulk of their education at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's going to become more and more, popular as well you know with more people working from home now as well that it makes sense if you're at home and have your kids around they can they can learn with you but it, the education system here in france is very different so they, they there's no school on a wednesday here so they do monday tuesday no school wednesday school thursday friday but then wednesday is what they call associations day so they encourage you don't have to but they encourage you to put your kids in like clubs and sports clubs and all that that happen on a wednesday so if you if you are homeschooling the kids would still have that sort of um, interaction with other kids on on wednesdays because that's associations day um so yeah so i it was something that we sort of seriously considered um just because we've really struggled putting them into school to be honest you know them not being around um but um i think that for the moment it's the best thing that they do go to school but uh yeah i think it's over the coming years i think more and more people are going to be doing it and it'll become more sort of normal uh for people to, to do things that way because particularly over here as well in france the educational system is very sort of it's quite dated it's, it's very much on sort of grammar and as you know old school maths and that kind of thing and i think we're not uh, we've mentioned this in the past we're not i don't think we're training kids for the workplace as the workplace will be in 20 years time. I think it's going to be very different where these traditional skills that they're learning maybe won't be as important as more sort of creative stuff, which I think sure. um, people will need more, which they're not getting from school. Right. Educational talk kids. Hmm. <laughs> so what do you, what do you got going on this week, Greg? Anything good? Me. Um, do do i'm finishing off quite a big batch of hemp knives um with the with the hemp handles um for a restaurant um i've got some shipping to do i've got well small what i got going on so that's pretty much it it's, it's pretty much normal week nothing outstanding this week um but that could change with the flip of a switch um flip of a switch and i could be yeah out of the game for a little while but uh yeah that's that's all Something different. So, Mareko, what what's happening with your with your week? Well, like I said, I took a bunch of knives over uh, to kind of engineer some of, some of the ways I approach my blade grinding and handle assembly and how I do integrals. And so I came back with some knives close to basically being finished, and others in various stages. So I'm just kind of working on those this week, and um, that's basically it. Do, do you fly with board. with all them then in your, in your sort of in your luggage you do they, do they check them out as you go through yeah uh i don't know they usually put a thing in your suitcase saying that they needed to look in your bag for whatever reason mm. um this is the first time i've flown with knives that they hadn't done that right. um it was crazy like on the flight over from seattle to hawaii there were like 20 people on the flight it was mm. pretty incredible i actually kind of played musical chairs a little bit because you know as you f take off you can there's mount rainier's right there's a giant mountain there's actually three others or a couple others sorry 
uh, Mount St. Helens and Mount Adams down in Oregon that you can see. And then, um, and then watching the sunset and stuff like that. It was, it was kind of a later flight. I showed up in Hawaii at like nine o'clock at night. So I got to see the sunset and everything. Nice. And it was only a, maybe a third full on the way back. Um, but it, it was actually kind of nice to fly with all that extra leg room. Yeah. yeah. Stuff. How has Hawaii been with COVID being, being, you know, a group of islands, have they been super protective about, you know, letting people on yeah. or have they? Yeah. I mean, when it first was happening, they were, they were on a pretty serious lockdown because mm. they, you know, they're an island. And so it can, it can spread pretty quickly all, among an island. They were doing actually really, really well until things started opening back up and, and tourism started opening back up and, and, and they, you know, a lot of tourists started getting back over there. And then all of a sudden their cases went through the roof. They were fucking bonkers. Mm. Um, and actually originally Neil was going to be coming here but he was with a with a young kid and with the concerns of who knows what kind of regulations or or lockdowns are going to be going down um if things kept up he ended up canceling stuff um and so then i ended up going over there um and they're in a better place now but yeah they just you know they they they're very careful about who's coming over what kind of testing do they have have they been vaccinated um and all you know taking surveys and I had to like create a whole profile and stuff to be able to get over there and like upload medical information and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it all went super smooth. Yeah. Well, the, the UK at the moment, they're going through um, a really difficult time because as well as COVID, there's also been Brexit as well. And there's, you know, all these various shortages at the moment. So most of the fuel stations, not most, but a lot of fuel stations today simply ran out. Um, they're like we've got no fuel so everybody's panicked buying fuel um there's i mean the government have already warned there's gonna be food shortages over the winter um really yeah yeah really bad so that um, a lot of haulage companies um they just haven't been able to survive after brexit because all the extra the work and the taxes of you know traveling in and out of europe is just it's too much work and it's cost it's mm -hmm. costing them too much money and you know the import taxes and so on so there's a huge shortage of of drive you know truck drivers um so they can't get fuel to fuel stations so everybody's panicked by it and then they just run out um this it's a weird one but there's been a co2 shortage and um, because they can't get the truck drivers there's been a huge co2 so shortage which you think that's only co2 that's fine but what that means is abattoirs who use co2 which most do to sort of stun the animals before they kill them they don't have any so all these farmers are having to cull their own animals and not being able to sell the meat because it hasn't gone to the, the oh, right wow. place so there's a huge meat shortage in in shops um yeah food fuel what are they gonna do well taxes have gone up people are having food food sources shortages fuel shortages winter's coming covid's going to be hitting hard again it's like it's, it's not looking it's bleak it's bleak but uh, you know the government are insisting. You know it's everything's fine. So <laughs> wait a second. Isn't. So are people like in a panic that come when the snow starts to come, things are going to get really grim? Like what do you what do you how do you prepare for something like food shortages? Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, I mean the the actual government have actually announced that they're expecting. Um, you know, especially with Christmas coming as well. But, you know, it's such a sort of a food festival kind of thing. You know, um, they're saying you know there's going to be very little meat. Um, you know, this we're talking sort of like pre-war times, you know, when people were literally rationed food. 
Um, it looks right. as if it could be getting that bad again. And the government are just sticking their head in the head in the sand because it's their fault. You know, it's the whole. You know, and they're saying it's a worldwide problem. It's due to the pandemic. And it's not because it's not happening here in France. We're fine here. I can go fill up my car with fuel here, and I can go buy as much meat as I want. So it's not a worldwide problem. <laughs> Come downstairs and podcast in your underpants. Exactly. Okay. Do what the hell I like. But um, yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy. So yeah, it's it's they're having a they're gonna have a bleak time. I think. Um, wow. Ugh, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, terrifying. On top of everything else, yeah, they've raised all their tax and everything else. You know, and but everything's getting worse. It's <laughs> scary times. <sighs> Positivity well, the, talk. What's what's, what's the, good that's happening this week? Harps, get the harps on. Let's I know. Bring it Jeez. up a little bit. Shall Jeez. We? Let's find the harps. What are you Jeez. looking forward to this week? Then? There we go. Some positivity for the week. I'm making a set of knives for for our friend Josh Prince. Oh, and nice. I've been spending a lot of extra time on him because I wanted to be. Extra good, extra good, as in like I'm nervous. Josh so, has a folder of mine as well on its way. He ordered too. Look at the, Josh Prince is such a good dude. So I, we actually, he wanted to do something. He wanted me to do Color Lab. I came up with something that's really kind of really neat. I really like, and um, it made me change the way I do a few things that I'm going to be how I kind of put the uh, the colors together. So mm. actually I'm kind of going to start to work on these new like sanding jigs for getting angles better. But, uh, yeah, I'm super psyched about that. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a pile of knives out the, out the door this week, which is cool. And, um, nice. Yeah. Psyched. Nice. Cool. Nice. Right. Should we call it a day? I'm with you. It's been a fun one. It's been a fun one. Right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Um, remember to support our sponsors because, um, yeah, they help us out, but they help you out with discounts too. So why wouldn't you take the discounts? And, um, yeah, we shall see you all again next week. How do you guys feel about video as opposed to just audio? Um, it felt last week because we only did audio. Um, it felt a bit different. It felt different again. And it, it almost as if we changed things up again. And the audio was great. Um, but I do, I do enjoy, um, you know, reading the reading the sort of live chat as we're doing a doing the show as well. So I'm not quite sure where to go. Are you wanting our opinion for the for the show for the oh, right yeah, now? Yeah, or? yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you think, Barreco? <laughs> I thought we were leaving. <laughs> no, no. Uh, just before we go, <laughs> the I double show. This is the double show. Yeah. The double X show. Um, I I like the video, but if you think that the audio is taking a hit, or if, or if it's becoming too much work, um, then I'm fine with just doing audio. Hmm. It's not so much the work, really. Um, there's no real extra work. Well, I suppose there is because sometimes you know they don't sync up. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's not the the work that I'm bothered about. It's more a case of the quality. Um, but I do think we miss. Let's say I think we do miss out not doing the live show because you know we've yeah. got beauties like. Anus Ford saying that um, <laughs> he's looking forward to not seeing my balls again. So you know we wouldn't get that if we. <laughs> I mean, having the, the live interact pretty pretty clutch. I think I like mm. that aspect a lot. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, people in the chat now are saying that they enjoy the live show, but um, you know that's because you are obviously a watcher of the live show whereas the majority you know the vast majority of people listen on a monday or you know through the week to just the audio um so we've always got to be careful that we don't sort of 
you know, at the end of the day, this is sort of a radio show, so it needs to work just just for audio. Um, yeah, okay. I have my opinions. What's your opinion? I hate my audio right here because mm. I, I when I was in the when I was in the truck and we had the uh, oh there he is Prince you're in there I'm with you um, I was in the truck we had awesome audio we had awesome audio and it was because there wasn't a lot of echo and we I for me I, and we figured out a way to make the audio sound really good but now because I, I the first few times I did it in the van the truck you get the lights on and it's like a sauna in there hmm. and then it just looks like terrible and then i'm uncomfortable then i'm out here but i'm afraid of their the audio is not as good so it's like and then when you know people aren't listening you're a little bit more you're a little less guarded i mean not mm. that i've been so guarded i've talked about my you know, <laughs> i mean i've been i couldn't have been more less guarded for christ's sakes the yeah last couple episodes. yeah well what if we do they know. like we, it on a friday these people they like it on a friday yeah. Send your feedback. Send your feedback in and we'll do a we'll do a tol- poll. Send DM your feedback to Knife Talk Podcast yeah. on Instagram and we'll make a decision how you listen to this podcast. Yeah. So whether like you watch live now. or you care about we care about learning. And then I get bogged down by people writing things. I get irritated. You know, I get <laughs> irritated and I get sidetracked. I yelled at Griffith handmade earlier today, which wouldn't have happened. You know, <laughs> I, got, I got all salty with him. Now I'm gonna get salty with Andre. You know, it's like turn on the turn AC. on the AC. Yeah. Didn't you hear the AC? Come on, man. What do you think I've done? You've done this before, man. <sighs> we'll right. we'll work something out. But um, yeah, I, there's benefit. There's huge benefits to both, obviously. Um, so it's a trade off either way. Um, but yeah, we'll just give it some more thought during the week. And um, whether you're listening just to the audio, let us know what you think. Or whether you're listening to uh, that, I, mean, I suppose that's the question. If you're an audio listener. Do you find when we do these live shows that the audio suffers for you? Is it, you know, is it unlistenable or let us know? Let us know. Okay, that's a show. Thank you all very much for listening and we shall speak to you all again very, very, very soon. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.